Hello everybody, Daniel Barnett here from Outer Temple Chambers and I'm recording this at lunchtime on Saturday the 21st of March 2020. Yesterday afternoon the Chancellor announced a package of measures to help businesses and I wanted to record this podcast which is outside the normal course of our Tuesday podcasts in order to talk about what furlough leave actually means. I'm probably going to delete this podcast in a couple of days because it will be rapidly overtaken by further government guidance and draft legislation. But just for now, while everyone's being asked questions on Monday and Tuesday, I want to give you some pointers. And the important thing to know is that this is more about what we don't know about uh, furloughed workers. Because the the information we've been provided with by the government is incredibly sparse. If you Google employers' guidance, COVID-19 government, you'll get the guidance they've given. But it's really, really sparse. I'm going to read it to you and I'll be commenting on it as we go through. So we know the Chancellor set out a package of measures, uh, which is first of all and foremost what I'm talking about now the coronavirus job retention scheme and lots of other things such as deferring VAT and income tax payments, uh, 12-month business rates holiday for many sectors and changing the law on statutory sick pay, some of which has been done and all of which has been announced already. So I'm focusing on the coronavirus job retention scheme and this is a scheme that will allow all UK employers to access financial support to continue paying part of their employee's salary for those employers that would otherwise have been laid off during this crisis. That's the wording from the government guidance. I think I think laid off is being used in a general rather than a technical term and it's meant to mean to pay the salary of those who would otherwise have been uh, made redundant or indeed laid off using the technical definition. All UK businesses are going to be eligible, so that's limited companies, obviously, but also sole traders who employ people, LLPs, partnerships, charities, etc. Now, this is what the government says about how the scheme works. First of all, I'm, I'm going to read you the first paragraph and then I'm going to comment on it. You'll need to designate, I'm quoting now, you'll need to designate affected employees as furloughed workers and notify your employees of this change. Changing the status of employees remains subject to existing employment law and depending on the employment contract may be subject to negotiation. So let's break that down. You need to designate affected employees as furloughed workers and notify them of this change. Well that sounds like it's a decision just made by the employer but it's not. Because the next sentence is, it's subject to employment law and you may have to negotiate it. Furlough leave, furloughed workers, is not a concept currently recognised in the law. It's just a word. There's no magic to the word furloughed. It doesn't have any definition. The government might as well have picked any other word. So they might have called them staying at home workers. They might have called them Cadbury's Flake 99 workers. There's no magic to the word furloughed. Please don't, as I know some people have been doing, uh, get het up on that actual word. So the employer has to designate employees as furloughed workers, um, but changing their status remains subject to existing employment law and depending on the employment contract, may be subject to negotiation. So 
that essentially means that an employer will need to agree with an employee that they're going to become furloughed workers. Now, in a small number of contracts, there's going to be a right to remove work. And in that situation, then the employer probably can just notify them. But in most contracts, particularly where there's no layoff or short time clause, the employer will need to agree with the employee that they're going to become furloughed workers. Uh, but it's almost inevitable that employees are going to agree to this because if they're given the option of we're either going to make you redundant by the way, we don't have the money to pay a redundancy payment, so you'll have to sue us or sue uh, the government fund and maybe you'll get some in six months' time. Option one. Option two, just go home and we're not going to pay you anyway. Option three, agree to become a furloughed worker and get 80% or 100%, I'll come back to that, of your salary for agreeing to stay at home. Well, it's a complete no-brainer. Every employee is going to go for option three, possibly with the exception of a couple of slightly more militant employees who might say, I want to be at work, I have a right to be at work, and they will need to be dealt with separately, for example, by way of redundancy. Once employees have been designated as furloughed workers, uh, the next thing to do, and I'm quoting again from the guidance, is you will need to, quote, submit information to HMRC about the employees that have been furloughed and about their earnings through a new online portal. The portal hasn't been set, yet up, set up yet, of course. That's going to require some fairly major programming, I'd have thought. It's going to take a little while. It then goes on to say, quote, HMRC will reimburse 80%, 80% of furloughed workers' wage costs up to a cap of £2,500 per month. HMRC are working urgently to set up a system for reimbursement. Existing systems are not set up to facilitate payments to employers. So HMRC will reimburse 80% of furloughed workers' wage costs, up to a cap of 2500 It's not clear whether that's uh, the, the maximum wage can be 2500 and uh, workers get 80% of that, or whether employees earning up to £3,125 a month will get 80% of that, which is 2500 But we'll find that out fairly shortly when the government gives more guidance. 2500 a month is broadly 30000 a year, which is national median salary. I mentioned uh, I was reading from guidance for employers. The government has also produced guidance for employees, which says that to qualify for the scheme, and I'm again quoting now, to qualify for this scheme, you should not undertake work for your employer while you are furloughed. This will allow your employer <clears throat> to claim a grant of up to 80% of your wage for all employment costs, up to a cap of 2500 per month. So that suggests that uh, the 2500 is what will end up in the employee's pocket. Um, and... It also suggests, when it refers to all employment costs, that it would cover pension contributions, employers' national insurance contribution, and so on. The employer's guide is silent on whether the employer has to pay 20% to top it up to the normal level. But the guide for employees says, quote, You will remain employed while furloughed. Your employer could choose to fund the differences between this payment and your salary, but does not have to. So that's pretty clear. The employer can just say, 
you'll get the 80% the government's reimbursing us for, but we're not going to pay the other 20%. Now, the significance of that, of course, is that if an employer chooses to withhold 20% of normal wages, they've got to have a contractual right to do so. So they will have to have the employee's agreement to do so. But as I said at the outset, employees are very likely to agree to this uh, offer if the alternative is redundancy or just not being paid. There's a couple of other points about this. And, and, and again, a lot of it we just don't know at the moment. But a couple of questions that I've been hearing, and I, I run a, um, many of you know this, many of you are in it, I run a group for HR professionals called the HR in a Circle. And we've got a, uh, a big area on the website now for COVID-19 issues. Um, and we're seeing lots of questions there, and I'm in there twice a day answering them. But a couple of the questions that have been popping up in there. But if you're interested, it's hrinnercircle.co.uk. You can have a look there uh, what it's about. Um, and a couple of questions we've got popping up there are, first of all, what happens if um, s some employers just think, well, I'd rather take 80% of my salary for sitting at home and doing nothing, especially where I have children to look after, I'm in a vulnerable group, etc., etc. I'd rather just sit at home and have 80% than go into work to earn the extra 20% with all the risks that entails. I don't think that's actually going to be a real problem because it, the employer has to agree that the employee is on furlough leave. Without the employer's agreement, it's not going to happen. So an employee cannot simply say, I'm staying at home and want 80%. They have to have been offered the chance to do it by the government, but by the employer. Of course, that's not going to solve the problem of the people who are still at work and look around and see the colleague who was working next to them, who might have been laid off or made redundant, and who, for that reason, is probably a less capable worker, because they're the ones chosen for layoff or redundancy, sitting at home and getting 80% of their salary, whereas they, the better employee, are actually having to come into work to work to get 100%, to get that 20% differential. That's going to cause problems and we'll have to see how that one plays out. Another question I'm being asked is, is this open to abuse? Well, yes, it is. Um, you could easily see that some struggling businesses, particularly small businesses, might claim they've sent their employees home on furlough pay and uh, therefore recover 80% of the salary from the government, yet actually have that employee working. Because the employee probably won't even know. Again, we don't know the small print yet, but the employee probably won't even know that they've been designated as on furlough leave on the new government portal that's coming up. So there's likely to be abuse, and we have no idea what steps the government's going to put in to prevent that abuse. We'll have to wait and see. So I hope this has been useful. I just wanted to talk around the little bit we know about furlough leave for a few minutes. And as I said, I'm probably going to delete this podcast pretty soon, as soon as it gets overtaken. Apologies for the rough and ready quality of this. It hasn't been edited. I've literally spoken into a microphone. No editing whatsoever. Uh, I hope it's been useful. Send me comments at podcast at danielbarnett.co.uk. And I am inside the HR in a Circle group at least twice a day. I'm putting videos up there on a daily basis at the moment. We're doing regular Q&A sessions. So if you're interested, do have a look if you want to know more and want to be the first person uh, to know what's going on with all of this hrinnercircle.co.uk it is for hr professionals but we do let lawyers sneak through the door if you promise to be nice like all lawyers are because we're lovely people right thank you for listening everybody uh, i'm daniel barnett do subscribe to these podcasts at danielbarnett.co.uk slash podcast bye bye <laughs>